0: So today we're looking at forgive to live. And it's really a difficult concept to think about the idea of forgiving and letting go when people have done horrible things to us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And how does one overcome that? And I'd like to really look at that and hopefully give you some tools to move forward and perhaps even not condone the behavior, but release it in a way that's healthy for you. Forgiveness is actually a decision. I mean, it's a decision that you deserve. You deserve to be free of carrying what I call that bag of boulders around, that, or bag of garbage that someone threw at you and you, you grabbed it and carried it. It's not only good for your mental and emotional health, but it's also good for your physical well-being. So this is the spiritual living principle that I'd like to look at. Forgiveness starts with you. By forgiving yourself and releasing self-blame, shame and judgment. Live in the knowledge of the truth of you, your divine self, that never blames and leave all the guilt behind. And there is also an aspect of you that I'd like to add to that. You are pure spirit having this human experience. And yes, it can sometimes be difficult to look at the awful things that people do to each other. But in spirit, we can never be damaged, never be destroyed. And we are infinite and eternal and we are love. And when we take the time to focus on that, that life becomes so much easier to navigate. So let's take a deeper look. This is from Luke six thirty-seven. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And really that speaks to this whole idea that we teach here at Unity. And that is that what you focus on grows. If you judge, naturally judgment becomes part of your reality. If you condemn, condemnation becomes part of your reality. And if you forgive, and if you love, then forgiveness and love become part of your reality. So you cannot heal what you do not feel. And I know there are a lot of people in the spiritual movement, in the new thought movement, that think that they can just be happy, 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 and that life will then transform. And some have made that possible. But I believe it's to start from where you're at. And where you're at might be hurting. And the next feeling after the hurt might be anger. But anger is the next natural feeling because it propels you out of that hurt. And there is this hierarchy of feelings that we can go through, and you can look them up online if you'd like, of every next step of feeling better is you moving in the right direction. So don't imagine that you can be hurt and all of a sudden just be happy, 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 and peaceful and loving to that person or that situation, we're not hardwired that way. We're intended to do it in increments, in steps, and so I'd like to encourage that today. You can't change what you don't acknowledge, and I believe that to really be true. So whatever you've been hanging on to, just recognizing that it's there is enough but also know that hurt people hurt people, and healed people heal people. There was a wonderful book, and it's not in Kindle, unfortunately, and I really love reading my books in Kindle, but it's called Love and Forgiveness by Leonard Shaw, and it's only in paperback, and it was written, I believe, in the 80s, perhaps, and he has a technique there where he says, I love you, I bless you, I release you for the ignorant way that you have behaved towards me. And I remember that being a tool that I was given. And I remember something horrible happened to me. I had, I had staff and they decided to have a mutiny because they didn't like how I changed their pay structure and they didn't understand that I was trying to actually pay them more but they they got quite angry. And I was given this book and that prayer. And for a year I went, I love you, I bless you, and I forgive you, and I release you for the ignorant way that you behave towards me. And ignorant had like a lot of energy to it because I thought of it as stupid and mean and awful. and, And about a year later, and I have to say it was like 365 days, like a long time I was doing this, where I recognized that the word ignorant meant if they had known better, they would have done better. So it wasn't ignorant as in ignorant, it was in their unknowingness. And can you feel the softness of that compared to ignorant? (laughs) And so... I invite you to think about that, that hurt people hurt people. And when you start to have more of an understanding of what it is that might be going on, and maybe you'll never know with someone else, what has hurt them so badly that they're trying to dissipate it or release it by hurting someone else? And I mean, wow, what an amazing way to approach life. And again, I'm not saying condoning the behavior, but I think there's something very powerful about walking in someone else's shoes, just for a moment. It allows us to be kinder, more compassionate. So there's five stages to radical forgiveness, and we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at holding grudges. And the term radical forgiveness actually came from Colin Tippin. And he wrote the book, Radical Forgiveness. So there are the five stages. Let's start with that. Stage one, tell the story. So that's be in the story. Tell the story as it really was. How you experienced it. What did happen? Who did what to whom? Who got damaged? exactly as you experienced it, with all the pain and suffering. Like, really go there. Give yourself the opportunity to really look at it all. Tell the actual victim story without any excuses being made for the perpetrator, and no psychological or spiritual interpretations of what happened. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. And then stage two, feel the feelings Allow yourself to feel the feelings without censure or judgment because they're real and they reside in your body. This is a very important part of the process and a lot of people, especially our new thought spiritual seekers, is that we try to do this spiritual bypass and we try to skip this step and yet it really is vital because it is part of the rungs of the ladder as you move up. Spiritual people shouldn't allow themselves to feel negative feelings. Have you ever heard anybody say that? And the thing is that you ought to feel everything. I mean, that's why you're human. That's why you're in this incarnation. And it's total nonsense to not feel those negative feelings. Maybe they're frightened of their feelings and make spirituality an excuse for not feeling them. Because it can be almost like a cloak that we put over ourselves and we're just happy, 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 and we're dying inside. And that's no good. That's no life. The fact is that you cannot heal what you don't feel. So if you've got something going on, or something that is hanging on, and you've tried to push it away, because what happens when you try to squish something? It doesn't go anywhere. It just pops up, and usually even bigger than before. So feel the feelings. There's no such thing as a negative or a positive feeling. It's just a feeling. There's no such thing as good or bad. It's just a feeling. You are a spiritual being having this human experience. And feeling emotions is an essential part of living. Why else would we have feelings? Kind of a good question, huh? Before we go to the next step, what's the distinction between pain and suffering? Anybody have any ideas?
1: Suffering is uh, uh, (laughs) self-perpetuated.
0: Suffering is self-perpetuated, so it's a choice? Yes. Okay, And and pain is? Pain can be just An event? Yeah, yeah, an event, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sort of on the same lines, I was just thinking suffering is kind of staying in the pain and not ever moving past it. Suffering is staying in the pain. Okay. And maybe you have your own answers at home. Pain is pain and has to be felt and acknowledged. There's no getting around that. And that's true, isn't it? You might have a toothache. You might have an emotional pain. You might have a footache. Yes, you acknowledge it, but then what do you do next? That's what's important. Suffering, on the other hand, is optional. If you release what fuels the suffering, it becomes a choice. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of people in the world who suffer every day exercising because because they're doing it to feel better, you know? they They feel pain, and you can suffer through it, or you can choose to say, hey, there's pain here, but you know, it's progress. I know I'm being a little flippant, but you know, bear with me. Stage three, collapsing the story, pain versus suffering. So how do we collapse the pain we might be feeling emotionally? Bringing the story down to what is real, as opposed to imaginary. Look at whether you had unrealistic expectations of a person, for instance. I know I've done that. How I decide to behave is how I want everybody to behave. And that's not being realistic at all. Allow yourself to walk in the other person's shoes for a while in order to understand why that person did what they did. I know when I spoke about the staff and the ignorant way that they behaved towards me, I came to understand that they were afraid and they didn't understand. And if they had just taken a moment to breathe in and release that fear enough to ask questions, they would have discovered that they would have been so much better off financially and in many other ways if they had gone with the idea that I had. But that was not to be at that stage. They ended up each going out and becoming entrepreneurs themselves. And so I guess in a way that situation was a catalyst and good for all. And I think that all situations present that opportunity to choose to choose to say somehow this is my good unfolding. What it is I have no idea but releasing the suffering was really what was important for me. And it took me a year, so yeah, I'm a a hard nut to crack. And hopefully not quite so rigid as I was back then. This is conventional forgiveness, yet not full and true forgiveness for most people, this releasing. Because there's a little bit more to it. There remains an underlying belief that in spite of everything, we still believe something wrong was done to us. And it's to release that too, to recognize it just as a situation, but not being good or bad. And when you reach that point of being able to look at it and say it's not good or bad, it just happened, and I choose to not let that define my life, then you are well on your way. Stage four, reframing the story. Radical forgiveness says to reframe, to open up to the possibility that nothing wrong was done to us at all. And ooh, I could feel you just breathe in with that one. Like some of the horrible stuff that people have done. And how can you possibly say that nothing wrong was done to us at all? How dare I say that? And I'm not saying it to have you believe me. I'm asking you to consider it as a possibility. Because I'm looking at how might we each live a happier, more peaceful life. How can we let go of that awful thing that happened and not let it define us? Whether it be something we did to ourselves and the shame and blame that we might be having. I know I've done that. But to just be able to move forward hopeful, and decisive, that what I think about today is creating my tomorrow. There was a course I took early on at Unity when I was up in Kitchener years ago, and it was the Keys to the Kingdom. Anybody remember that? (laughs) And one of the things that he talked about in there was unforgiveness is like driving down the road with your windows open and you stop at a stop sign And somebody throws a bag of garbage into your car and you roll up your window and then keep driving and say, oh my God, it stinks in here. And the thing is that you could have just thrown that bag of garbage out. It wasn't yours to begin with and you don't need to keep it. So whatever you choose to do to release it, to let it go, I invite you to do that. What is your... What is your higher self anyway? Is it God? Would you call it God? I call it God. Sometimes I call him George, just because it's kind of fun. But was it my higher self that was trying to get my attention when that event happened? And not for the event to happen, but for me to grow in terms of how I plan to move forward, how I decide to define myself. And that's the conclusion I've come to. To have that particular human experience for some reason, I don't need to know what that reason is. I just need to know that I am more than that. I am a spiritual being having a human experience, and I create my life, and so do you, with my thoughts, feelings, and deep-held beliefs. And so I choose to move forward, believing that life is good, unfolding good. And as I focus on that, that, that is what my life becomes. So maybe to create balance. Maybe somehow I was out of balance and I needed to have a reset. Perhaps to learn something specific or to learn and understand something. I mean, there are so many reasons that something may have occurred for you to consider. Again, not the event, but what are you choosing? We don't always know the reasons why we create these circumstances that offer opportunities to learn and grow as spiritual beings. But I do believe that individually and collectively we create all kinds of experiences for ourselves, especially when we've made a conscious decision to be kinder, maybe to be more loving maybe to be personally more loving, to give us that opportunity to try it on for size. Yet deep down we know that there are no accidents and everything happens for a reason, right? Do you know that deep down? (laughs) It's kind of hard to remember sometimes, isn't it? It's a really nice idea here. It's to get it to your heart center. So if that's true, then things don't happen to us, but for us, right? I know it sounds crazy. At least to our rational minds, it makes no sense at all. But here's the thing, it makes perfect sense to our spiritual intelligence, and that's what matters. You are connected to universal intelligence because that's who you are. When you get out of your head and into your body, Energy starts moving around in such a way as to rearrange the situation, causing the distress to evaporate. Radical forgiveness, and that's what this is, is really saying that I get to choose what defines me. It will help to shift the energy around the story that you have created and to see the underlying perfection in the situation. I know that some of the horrid things that I had to endure and experience as a younger person in my life have created the person I am today the loving, compassionate, understanding, kind person that I believe I am most of the time. Do you need to believe in the theory of radical forgiveness to, for it to work? You don't, because it really just works if you work it. It's like you don't need to believe that sit-ups are going to give you a great ab muscle entourage, whatever you want to call it. You just do it, and it works. Stage five. So integrating this new story, this new idea that you are the captain of your ship, the author of your life. This is the integration stage. It's where you do something physical and something creative in order to incorporate the new story. We had a great experience last week with Marcia Daly. She gave an example of how art can actually be transforming and how it can be self-care. I hope you had a chance to watch it because that's the being creative. And maybe there are many other ways, I'm sure there are, of being creative and incorporating this new story. The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton scientifically showed that the energy generated by beliefs and other strong ideas about reality are contained in every cell of our body. And so as you change your beliefs, you actually change yourself cellularly and you become a walking example of that which you have transformed. These can be very toxic to us depending on what those beliefs can be, or they can be very healing. Uninstall the old program. Let's just imagine doing that right now. Just kind of imagine that you could raise the top of your head up like, like a top. And imagine your brain is exposed and you've got a big toothbrush in your hand. And now just scrub Scrub away those negative thoughts. Come on, I don't see any of no, you scrubbing. Come on, scrub, scrub, scrub. <laughs> okay, and now we're going to move to the next one. Let's do breathing. That's probably a little easier, right? <laughs> and to use the computer analogy, uninstall this new updated version. And, you know, we're hardwired to breathe. We, we can't live even for... What, three minutes without breathing? I don't know how long it is. I don't know what the science says. But breathing is there for more than just keeping us alive, it actually can transform our bodies. So there is a breathing technique called 478. And this is Max Strom guiding you through it. So I invite you to follow along with him.
2: I'd like to try to teach you one very simple breathing exercise. Please sit up straight take your back off the backrest and if you can put your hands on your side ribs make sure they're on your side ribs not your hips Uh, ladies think bra strap men bra strap (laughs) about that high not the front the sides I know you're packed in close together now when you inhale inhale any way you like make your ribs go out to the sides Fill your chest. So your ribs stretch out to the sides. Not out front, out to the sides. Then exhale, sit taller. Again. Sit taller, exhale. Bigger. Inhale, sit up and make your ribs grow out to the sides. Hold your breath. Exhale. Good. you can relax your arms.
0: Max Drum actually travels the world teaching executives and businesses how to have a better workplace and a better work life just through breathing. And that it can actually transform your life if you take a little bit of time when things aren't going well or you're stressed to do this breathing. And he goes a little further with this next one, which is part two.
2: And this is a very simple exercise. It's an old yoga exercise, and Dr. Andrew Weil is promoting it quite heavily now. Um, It's fantastic, you can do it uh, before you're going into a difficult situation or after. So it's called the four, seven, eight breath. You inhale for four, you hold for seven, you exhale for eight. So we'll do one round now. We're going to go at this speed. So make sure you're sitting up off your backrest you're going to inhale into your ribs, but to prepare quickly exhale. (sighs) Now through your nose inhale to the count of four. One, two, deeper four, hold. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Inhale four, one, two, three, four. More. Hold. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Relax. Quick breath in and out. In and out. Relax. Some doors only open from the inside. Breath is a way of accessing that door.
0: I love that. Some doors open from the inside and breath is a way of accessing that door. So holding grudges, let's end with this idea. This is the spiritual principle that we talked about earlier. Forgiveness starts with you. You must forgive yourself and get rid of your negative feelings of self-condemnation. Live in the knowledge of the truth of you, your divine self that never sins and leaves all guilt behind. And of course the word sin means that your divine self never makes mistakes. Right here, right now, I forgive and forget all of those I think have wronged me in the past. I let go of any grudges deep in my heart, and I forgive myself for the mistakes I have made. I forgive myself and I forget my guilt. I cancel guilt from my mind, and I look to the God in me for health, happiness, love, success, and prosperity. Thank you, God, in me. I love that. So we looked at the five stages. I keep kicking in and out, it seems. Maybe it's my scarf. Here, I'll move it. So we talked about the five stages of radical forgiveness and ignorant behavior (laughs) and holding grudges because I was still in that year of ignorant behavior was holding a grudge and it took me 365 days so know that it can take you a long time to transform your thinking about something that you really believe was wrong but it does happen i can testify to that so let's anchor this with one of our favorite songs. I know there are a few of you at home that absolutely love this as well. We'll say hi to Sandy and hi to Gertie because they have commented that they love this song. Holy Holy Way by Ricky Byers Beckwith and our most wonderful Emilio Zares.